All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner. As always, I'm Bobby Bancroft, and I'm here with Ben Standig from The Athletic. And Ben, believe it or not, we are into the first episode of season two of Kente Corner, your favorite Georgetown Hoya, casual Hoya basketball podcast. Um, got a lot of comp- competition these days from what well, I hear about. Well, I said it's podcast. it's it's that's why I framed it the way I did. I said it's your it's it's everyone's favorite casual Hoya podcast because it's well. I mean, work. look, it could. It could still be my favorite Georgetown one. I, I to be honest, I haven't listened to all the other ones. I, I, I'm just saying now I might have to be bribed a little bit more. Oh, um, absolutely. There is there's some fierce competition out there, which is it's it's awesome. You, you as we we're coming on, you you said that the reason it was starting season two was because in theory this is when Kenner League starts, and that's yeah. when you guys started last year. And I swear to you, like I I understand rationally what you're saying. I understand that the calendar is what it is. But the idea that you're telling me that we could be at Kenner League right now seems just impossible relative to the life I've been living for the last few months. Like, I know it's July, and I know I've been outside, and it's been hot, but, like, it is not, you know, it is hard to fathom that this is that time of year. At least it is for me. I think even even crazier is that I think we all knew there was no Kenner League, right? Like, there's no Kenner League. But... They made it official, like, I want to say yesterday or the day before where they, you know, like the Nike Pro, you know, the Nike Pro League put out, you know, hey, we're not having this. And it's like, yeah, we know. Um, I know everyone likes to focus on Kenner League, particularly on the Casual Hoya blog. You know, the hot dogs have become infamous. Um, And I know you like to make fun of me for a pair of uh, red, what are they, red fire shoes? And you say that they're orange like Syracuse. But anyway, for me, besides, you know, the actual basketball, I think of Ben has some sort of, like, hybrid shoes. Like, he's going to go, like, looking for, like, tadpoles in a creek or something. So that's usually one of the things that always comes during Kenner League as well. Uh, Yeah, shoe shoe slander. Uh, I was going (laughs) to say that I'm not the only one who thinks that your shoes are the color of Syracuse orange. They're not. I've had... But but I've had many people make fun of the shoes that you had, including members of the Washington Redskins last year when I was in the locker room. They like torched me. So uh, yeah, I, those shoes have gone, have gone away. I have a different pair that are comparable, but I think they're better. So but you know, were, and not that not that it matters. Nobody will ever see see my shoes again. So. Were you were those like Keens? What what was the actual brand? Uh, no. New I say that I'm because sure, I'm sure there were, I'm sure it was New Balance. No, no, I'm talking about the shoes that have like the holes on the side, like yeah, it's like new, you're like, yeah, New Balance. I... Those are New Balance. Yeah, oh, all okay. the shoes. I mean, without getting a a, a a deep history of my feet, I have a, I have a wide. No, width I don't want to know about your feet. I'm like the it's I'm, the footwear. My my, my point is like. I only New Balance is one of the few places that deals with uh, with wide widths, so I go to the New Balance like over religiously. That's all I'm saying. That's why I know what it is. Okay. But look, like like I said, whether I agree or not, the masses spoke clearly, and uh, you know we've moved on. Which is, I'm sure, what people are saying about this topic. Move on. So you know, speaking of New Balance, um, I know Ka- Kawhi Leonard is with New Balance, who used to be my guy when he was on the Spurs. 
Uh, I actually, I, I was listening to one of the recent, you know, you said that there's all these new podcasts out there now for Georgetown. I listened or I got on one of the recent Chris Wright, you know, dog talk, Austin Freeman, uh, Instagram lives. And one of the things they were talking about and something we've talked about forever was, isn't it crazy? Georgetown, Georgetown goes with the Jordan brand. And so they, they were kind of spitballing and just saying like, you know what, you know, maybe it's time to move away from Jordan brand and, you know, wh- where could they go? And people did bring up New Bounce, um, but it seemed like the leader in the clubhouse was Puma. Can you imagine Georgetown not being a Nike school? No, and it wasn't fairly recently the Big John retired from the board. Yeah, like in the last and, couple like, of months. Yeah, pretty recently. And I'm not positive on this, but like I know the buildings out at Nike are famously named after their famous people. Is there a building named after him? I you know, like there is, or there was I've, at least. I've actually been out there. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Um, I had a friend of mine that was working there at the time, and I got to go on campus. And yeah, all the buildings are called like I was. I remember there was like a Mia Ham building. I can't remember if there's a John Thompson building. I think there might be, but I know that he retired from being an active member on the board. And I want to say he's, you know, just like at Georgetown, he's like, um, you know, something Amitris, right? Like he's like, you know, has like a title still. So I, I don't think you'll ever get them, but Chris and Austin were talking about, Hey, the Jordan brand is not that cool. Like let's go to Nike. Like there's a lot, like there's way more cooler, like there's way more, you know, cool stuff. Um, if you switch back to Nike, but me and you've been talking about this for 10 years. Like Jordan is on the Georgetown Jersey. That's wild. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond baffling. I mean, I really, I mean, you know, the, the, the Lex Luthor by Batman under is, I don't think so. Or Superman under is, sorry. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't don't want to be a super nerd, but I was going to have to correct you (laughs) on that one. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, literally, like, we've talked about this before. If you said that some national television is going to show you three all-time Georgetown highlights, you know what one of them is. One of them is Michael Jordan making that shot to to beat you. So, yes, it is baffling that that's the case. So, um, yeah, I mean... If it just meant you get the Nike swoosh instead of the Jordan logo, I would definitely do that. But. What's what's crazy is, you know, and obviously we're not we're not players like them, but one of the things they were bringing up is is that, you know, Jordans are cool as like a retro shoe to kind of like, you know, wear, but as far as shoes you want to wear in a game, they were saying that the Nike stuff is just way cooler, and I know that I think at one point this past season, McClung went back to the, they were the Georgetown. I think they're like the Westbrook. Like why not? It's like, why not zero? Or it's something like that. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a sneaker head, but uh, I remember at one point McClung was like taping his shoes, which maybe it was his foot problem, or maybe it was just, you know, he didn't like the options and he was going with that shoe, even if, even if he had to tape it. So it does sound like some from, two players that played about 10 years ago, their perspective is, Hey, let's go to Nike or, you know, somewhere else. Let's get rid of Jordan. And I do think that that's probably the way to go. Although that decision is just, you know, way above so many levels. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, like with most things in life, I'm pretty sure the reason they ended up with the Jordan brand versus the Nike is money. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there was more money that way than the other way. So just like with everything else, it's all um, it's all about that. But look, I, I would say this, you know, three three straight years with, uh, with no tournament under Ewing, how many is it in a row total? Five? Five. Right. So, I mean, if, if, somebody, if somebody, you know, if you're, you know, we all have some sort of superstitions probably a little bit. You know, if your team wins, you know, you wear the same shirt, the same hat, or you don't go to this, you know. There were times I remember when I was a super fan that, like, if, if, if the team I was rooting for lost in a certain bar, we wouldn't go back. So if Georgetown needs to change its jerseys to, to snap some mojo, that's fine. <laughs> or do something. We're that's reaching a, that point. That's actually pretty good. I remember as a kid, what I would do is, and growing up, my two biggest teams were the Redskins and Georgetown, I would literally like, you know, I, I mean, it's not, it's not that uncommon, but I, I remember specifically being like, Hey, I have to sit here because they won their last game. And I sat here and clearly those things are linked. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you, you were <laughs> causing your team to win or lose um, what, whatever, whatever it is. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's how that worked. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, look at what I, Whatever's going on here isn't working. By the way, here's the other thing I would do. I would consider have all the players wear T-shirts under their jersey because that worked for the other guy. <laughs> well, that's not the worst thing. And speaking of the other guy, I don't know if you noticed uh, this week on MSG, which I'm a Direct TV guy, so I get I get MSG even though we don't live in the New York area. This is Patrick Ewing week. And I know we always talk about how, unfortunately, when they show Georgetown's greatest, or not Georgetown, but when they show like NCAA all-time games, immediately Georgetown's like on the list for, you know, two of the craziest losses of all time. But this week, actually tonight, earlier, and I I DVR'd it, they showed the 84 national championship game against Houston, and then they showed the sweater game. Do you have any memories of those, seeing them live? Certainly the sweater game. What was the other, wait, what was the other one? Beat, beating Houston. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, all all the all the NCA games for sure. I mean, not not that I don't remember some of the other ones, but then you know, it's just a matter of you know I don't remember what year that what same happened. But yes, I mean I mean especially back then, and you know this is a combination of like everything was better and you know in your day, so to speak. You know whoever you are. Or, or a combination of just they were they were way better, but like so many of those games were so consequential. I mean, what, I mean, this is actually yes. Yeah, I have a different point, but yes, go ahead. What did you what did you think of those things? I think that both of those games, while they're famous, you know, they're not really in doubt. Late, you know, like the sweater game is cool because of the sweater, and you have number one versus number two, and you know. It's one of Georgetown's three wins ever all time against number one. So it's cool. But, you know, the game's a blowout. And the Houston game, while it's not a blowout, I think Georgetown wins by nine or ten. It's not like, you know, in the balance in the last two minutes. Um, The game that I want to see, which we always talk about, and when you talk about that there's, you know, there's these multiple Georgetown podcasts out right now with players. Gene Smith is involved with uh, Trey Dickerson. And 
everyone always comes back. You know, last week you gave me questions to ask Rich, and one of them was, you know, what's the best performance you've ever seen by a Georgetown team? And he said the Kentucky game, which I think we kind of thought he would. That game doesn't ever get shown, right? And it's not in the balance late, but it's just such a it's just such a domination of a great Kentucky team in one half that I would like to see it. And I'm not sure I have other than I've just heard people talk about it so much. Right. Well, that, well, this is to the point before about if I said, you know, we said they're going to show three all time situations involving Georgetown. And I said, at least it would be the one arguably the all three would be negative. I mean, they're definitely not showing. What would be the third one? I'm not sure. That's what I have to think. Uh, obviously, one's Villanova, two, uh, the other one is uh, Jordan. I mean, it depends how what you're doing. You could go I think, dunk. I think you three. Could go dunk city. Hey Ben, I think I no. Well, that one's not. I mean, yeah, I think three is a game that's on a lot. Is the it's and it's actually a great game. Is the loss to UConn in the '96 Big East Tournament Final? Yeah, yeah. I I think. I think uh, one of the other questions I think I asked you for Rich was what was the best performance he ever saw? Right. And for, by, by another, by an opposing player. And for me, off the top of my head, I said that game by Ray Allen. Um, he, Allen against Iverson was, uh, you know, yeah. everything you would, you, you thought it would be based on their NBA careers. Um, maybe, maybe, I mean, the fact that it's Iverson, you could, you could make that point, but, uh, but, but anyway, yeah, I mean, just so many of the great Georgetown moments were not classic, you know, like in the NFL, we celebrate the 85 Bears, but the college basketball team playing great defense, not as interesting. It's not, but I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I guess MSG is obviously just, I haven't, you know, I don't pay attention to everything they do, but I don't know if they've done a week for anybody else, but, you know, obviously it's the middle of the summer. I guess the NBA is getting back, but it seems kind of a random week for Patrick Ewing. I was actually walking my dog. I don't know if it was this morning or if it was yesterday. And I was thinking of, you know, everyone's kind of stuck in their era. And for me, as a kid or as, you know, a teenager, like in, in the 90s, you know, Ewing was one of those best players that just didn't win, right? Because Jordan won so much. And there's other players. Who do you think are like, who are like the Patrick Ewing of the 2000s or the 2010s, like an all-time great player that just never won it. And, you know, unfortunately, we're, you know, the all-time greats get graded on championships, whether or not it's their fault they won or not. You can make the case Ewing never had the support, all that kind of stuff. But, like, who do you think are some of the, some of the, you know, the more recent Patrick Ewing types? Yeah, so to your point of, like, era, I mean... I'm old enough to remember, you know, Sleepy Floyd, Patrick Ewing, you know, throughout his four years, yeah. and then everybody else that came with it. So to me, the bar is the highest it could possibly be. And and also it becomes a point where you start getting significantly older than the players. It takes on a different vibe for me personally. But beyond that aspect, I mean, it's just hard to, you know, I mean, uh, you know, of this century, I guess, that's for, because I don't have the, the, the dates in front of me. I mean, there's obviously some very nice players. Jeff Green is the obvious one since he was the star of the. Uh, oh no, the I meant like I was just thinking like NBA. So like Patrick oh, Ewing, NBA. And the, yeah, just like like who are the guys like Patrick Ewing 
who were, you know, great NBA players. And, you know, Patrick was on the all-time 50, you know, the, the 50 greatest player team, all that stuff. Like, and in the in the 90s, it's easy to point them out because, you know, Barkley didn't win. Malone didn't win. Stockton didn't oh, win. Oh, oh, I got you. So, like, who do you think, like, in the 2000s or the 2000s? Because, like, so many guys won because it wasn't just, like, one team winning at all. You know, like, for me, like, I immediately think of Garnett but he ended up getting one with the Celtics. Right. But I don't really think of him as like a champion. I, you know what I mean? Like, um, so just, you know, guys like, and you know, Dirk, Dirk got one. Right. So like guys seem to kind of get one, I guess maybe, maybe like Nash, but I don't think Nash is on like the Patrick Ewing level, even though he has two, two, two MVPs, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I suspect, well, on an all time list is Steve Nash ahead of Ewing. I, I kind of think he is, right? Two MVPs is kind of, I mean, Ewing was great, but two MVPs is kind of hard to overcome. And... I feel like those are like the weirdest MVPs ever, right? Like, Well, the, if you were to win back-to-back, you... I, mean, I mean, the fact that, like, you know, Shaq, I don't think ever won back-to-back. Kobe only won the one, right? So it's weird that Steve Nash not only won two, but back-to-back. It, like, pretty usually the bar to win back-to-back is pretty high. Because you yeah. can't just be, you know, you're already assuming it. And, you know, he was excellent, but yes, uh, not whatever. Um, um, I mean, like, all-time point guards, like, I mean, maybe it's just, I, I sort of feel like Stockton better than him. I sort of feel, I don't know. Like, I know Steve Nash has two MVPs, but, like, where, like would you rank Stockton ahead or below him? I I don't know. I just don't – I don't think that I view Steve Nash as a two-time MVP, even though he obviously has them. Yeah. Um, or, like, no, is, he I mean, than, I, than, is he better than Isaiah Thomas? I don't know. You know, I, so – No. He is not. But, yeah, so, like I said, like, you know, Ewing – like, there's there's, like, this group of guys in the 90s that it's like, well, they were really great. But you know what? Jordan won like all the titles, and so you know, like I said, I was just walking my dog. It's like the you know the the morning routine, and I was like, who who are the guys? I mean, I I don't think Vince Carter's in that, right? He just sort of has like the longevity award. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you make a good point. I'd have to I'd have to think about it here as to which some of the old guys that have been around but just never. Never. Yeah, Vince Carter was one that I was thinking of. Um, I guess. I mean, well, if we want to bring back to Georgetown, like I guess, like Iverson, right? Like there was a point where, like, he was like, you know, a guy. Yeah, uh, for sure. Obviously, I mean, you know, made the finals uh, as the best player. And he was like um, the the scoring champion multiple times. Right. Well, let me let me go back to the Georgetown for a second. This is where my brain was going when you went in a different direction, which is totally reasonable. But my sorry, brain sorry, sorry, making, sorry. No, no, not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> my brain was not making the turn. Um, but you mentioned these all-time great moments, and obviously, you know, the, the Patrick Ewing era was the height of this program, and then you know, still had you know, continued for the next few years with the various you know Reggie Williams and Alonzo Mourning and so on. Um, but what like what's the what's the last memory like what i guess is the final four like i'm like i was thinking like what's the 
you know, you don't you don't have to always win a national title for some for, for things to be great, and you don't have to have have had a great NBA career to have been celebrated in college. So I'm not saying it like that, but it's just I'm just trying to think like what was the last thing, and I don't just necessarily mean like a, a regular season win over such and such. It was a fun game. I just mean like you know really big moment, and 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 I mean I guess the answer is it has to be the Final Four, and that's about it. You mean what for? The last great moment of Georgetown, like, like you know, when you're talking, yeah, kind of like when you're talking about like those things that you watch on television. Like, what's the thing that's going to be on television? Like, what what's the Georgetown thing that's happened that you're going to be like, oh yeah, that that's going to be, you know, we, we can watch that again. Or it's going to be I on think, TV for real. I think Otto in the dome is a pretty damn good moment. That that is a very good moment. Um. So that's going to 2013, but you know what? Like when I like when I think of 2013, I'm like, oh, that was a couple years ago. No, that was almost eight years ago. Yeah, no, and and first of all, I'm I'm ashamed that I forgot that one because I always pick that one myself, and I'm I'm always accused of being the Otto Porter uh, fanboy uh, because I've because I always talk about him because people uh, on the wizard side would always right denigrate his abilities. Uh, but yes, that one is an all-timer. I mean, it's you know, w- w- you know whether it's an all-timer for an ESPN fan, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that was an all-timer from a Georgetown perspective at a minimum, and, and it should be considered um, one of those games to watch because of how how good he was. So that is definitely <clears throat> that is definitely a good one. Um, but I think but I think th- after I think after that, I don't I don't think you have them because you know the next year. The next year, they they were definitely a tournament team. They didn't make the tournament. You know, Josh Smith only played the first semester. Jabril got hurt, and then the next year they were a tournament team. They were a four seed. I mean, that's that's a pretty good season, right? But there was nothing like in that season that was just, you know, oh, I'm going to always remember this. They just had a really good season. You know, um, you know, there was the moment where uh, Copeland beat Butler or something, but like. That's nothing the level that you're talking about. So, and then you go to the next season, there's nothing. There's because, you know, there's just, they're just, you know, they basically had five mediocre to bad seasons by Georgetown standards. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we, we've been on a good run here tonight. We've been having some fun being positive. So let me, I don't want to bring you down. <laughs> but, but I will just say this just really quickly. I've said this before. That like, ironically, I use I I've been talking, doing a lot of radio interviews the last couple of days because of the Washington Redskins team name. It's obviously in the news, and you know people are asking, we're curious about it, the the whole thing. And and one thing I I said about that that I said about Georgetown is that you know if 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 you if you don't give the the fans something to embrace, oh, like yeah. you don't put yourself out there and make yourself touchable, you know, huggable. You know, you, you don't make it feel like it's a it's a group event. Then all you let all you're left with is the winning, and if the winning goes away, they're going to turn on you. And I think we saw that with with, with Georgetown, and, and that's partly why some of these games. Doesn't, I mean, I, look, I'm sure the diehard fans, the ones who don't care about anything, just all, you know, they love they love it no matter what. They may disagree, but in a general sense, yeah, there there just hasn't been as many memorable moments in part because not even that they haven't been winning, but it, I you know the connection is. You know, I don't know if it's all the way back. Yet. But anyway, um, regardless, of that you know things will be better. Can I can I say something about 
you being on the radio a lot. So Uh-oh. I went to buy fireworks last week. I think it was Friday. And from where I live in Northern Virginia, you have to drive up to just across the Pennsylvania border to go to Phantom, which is an annual tradition in my house. Something that I do to put on a firework display for the fam. And so I called Ben on the way back and, you know, he, I think, I think you said something like, wow, it's pretty risky calling before 10. And I'm like, look, it's like nine 45 relax. I'm sure you're up. Uh, but we, you know, we talked for a little bit and then you told me what channel you were on Sirius and I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a serious newbie. So it was actually pretty interesting to go from like talking to you while I was driving to then flipping on to you being on some, I don't know what the hell the show was. It was, it was sort of, I don't know if surreal is the word or just kind of like freaky or something to go from we're on the phone. And the next thing you know, you're just like talking to some guy I've never heard of before. And it was like, our conversation sort of didn't end. It was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's weird on the, on the other end, uh, as well. Uh, doing this. I think it was, it was, it was mad dog radio and it was like a guest host. I think cause it was July 4th weekend. Right. So some guest host or I think Adam shines show or something like that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that was, uh, that was fun for, uh, for sure. Um, we, uh, obviously we, you've made it this far into the podcast. You recognize we had zero agenda. Um, but the one thing that's not true. You know what? That's actually unfair because I have a, I have a Microsoft word document open that I jotted a couple things down real quick. Oh, but but have we discussed that thing? (laughs) Um, let me flip over, uh, MSG, Patrick Ewing, Jordan brand. There's a couple things left on here. Oh, okay. (laughs) My bad. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I was going to say the one thing that we had discussed before the starting was sort of the idea of like sort of the state of sports slash college basketball because of uh, some news today about the Ivy League and Stan- oh, well, I guess Stanford's not relevant for this. That's, but- that's also on my list. Boom. Well, I, 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 could, I just couldn't remember, I couldn't remember anything else. Um, I, 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 I don't remember what we've been saying in these various podcasts throughout coronavirus in terms of any time the conversation would come up to you like do you think you know what do you think about sports and i don't know if we've ever talked about you know the nba or the nfl i feel like i've been pretty consistent on the colleges i just don't see how they're remotely pulling this off for a variety of reasons including just campuses themselves i don't know how you open campuses in the fall i don't know how anybody is playing sports at these levels when there's not a vaccine but especially the college kids right right so the fact that the Ivy League has come out today, they didn't cancel the season. They just they're, they're canceling fall sports. So basically, I think from a basketball perspective, if I saw this right, effectively they would be playing no non-conference games if the season happens. They would just play correct uh, conference games. Um, correct. And you know, I, I think I, that I think the Ivy League was ahead of the curve when it was starting in March. They I, were. You know, obviously, they've only had a tournament. You know, they haven't had an Ivy League tournament for very long. They were the last conference to just be like, hey, look, our regular season champion, that that's who we want to send, which is actually kind of a good idea because it gives you your best chance to, like, win some games. But, uh, uh, you know, they only have a four-team tournament, so they have semis and a final. At least that's what they used to have. Sorry if I'm wrong. But uh, they were they were ahead of the curve then, and my guess is that they're they're ahead of the curve now. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's I 100. I mean, I think, I think they're just 
everybody else is just still like holding out hope. And this is like the thing, you know, people ask me all the time, do you think, you know, the, the NFL is going to play? And all I keep saying is like, they are acting like they are. I I just keep, don't, I just don't see the reality that it happens. Um, so anyway, you know, obviously look, there is, you know, in theory, significant time left for, for decisions to be made, but I, it's just hard to, you know, you can either, you can either accept, accept the reality now or wait till the, till the last minute when they tell you and be surprised then. But it's just hard to fathom that they're going to get this off, at least in this calendar year, which is, you know, but it, which is why the, the Ivy League jumped ahead and did what they did. Um, made a move. It, not relevant to, to the college basketball, but did you see that what Stanford did? Yeah, they cut a bunch of sports that no one actually, like, watches, right? Well, yes, but, I mean, it, it, you know, Stanford has to be one. I don't, I don't know budgets, but I mean, you know, Stanford has got to be, you know, one of the, you know, has biggest endowments of, of all the, of all the colleges, and probably in, in terms of the, the Division One schools that are like, you know, the real, you know, that have the chance to be legit in any of the sports. Like they've got to be maybe number one or something. I mean, it's got to be close. Um, and they're cutting sports. Like I told again, I totally get it. But like, if if Stanford is cutting sports, regardless of what sports, what hope is there for you know pick your mid to low major schools uh, for anything? I mean, so I, I thought that was a pretty stunning one. Again, not necessarily a, not necessarily shocking, but wow. Okay, that we're, we're getting to this point where these things are happening. Yeah. So I'm not gonna pretend like I'm some expert on endowments and those types of things but you know when i saw what stanford did i feel like they got rid of sports like sailing and squash and some other you know things people don't necessarily you know sports that aren't particularly mainstream and then i googled stanford's endowment and it's like you know like 26 billion or something so and i you know i tweeted about it and a couple of people had a couple responses but my point was like, what's your endowment for if during a pandemic it can't come through and save a couple things? Like, I don't think it's going to cost a billion dollars to save the squash team, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that that that's a bit. Um, I know. Bit I know much. when this whole thing started, Harvard's endowment was brought into it because. They were doing things and, you know, the types of things when people when people talk about sports being back or being off, you know, most people focus on, oh, what's that mean for Bradley Beal or, you know, you know, Ryan Kerrigan or whatever. I'm just using D.C. players here. But when there's no games, well, first of all, a freelancer like myself, I don't make money. <laughs> OK, and then. You have people that are working concessions. They're working, you know, clean up, you know. I mean, who hasn't, you know, been sitting there finishing an edit to your story when you're at FedEx Field and there's like 50 people going through and cleaning up all the, you know, garbage. Everyone just leaves, right? So, like, that job is done. So, I remember when this started, people were, or Harvard came out and, like, they weren't paying, like, janitors and housekeepers and stuff. And it was like... What do you have this endowment for if you can't pay these people that are part of, you know, like the gig economy? Like, what is this endowment for? Yeah, yeah, yeah you make a great point. I just looked it up 
um, just to make sure, make sure I wasn't completely off. Uh, per U.S. News and World Report, based on 2018 numbers, the top three in the country, Harvard, 39 million, Yale, 29.4, Stanford, 26.5. Oh, so it's so, million, not, not, not billion? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Billion. Yeah. Okay. Billion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and all that's the other a ton schools, of money, right? Yeah, it's a ton of it's a ton of money. I mean, that's not even, you know, it, it's like when people have been talking about again to go back to the football team. People, you know, the in addition to the name change, it was announced that some of the Washington uh, minority owners want to sell, and the question is like, well, who could you get? Like Jeff Bezos it would cost him, or it would cost anybody like one one to two billion or something, I think. Yeah. And uh, or, and and it would be like, yeah, for Jeff Bezos, that's like literally nothing. <laughs> and that's what we're talking about here. We're, we're talking about here, not not that the expense would be a billion dollars. The expense would be, I don't even know, a million dollars. I mean, uh, if that, I mean, I, I don't even know what 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 we're talking about. But I think there is also some other factors. I mean, I didn't see this, the release to see is this a this is a totally permanent thing. I guess the answer would be yes, but. You know, there's so much uncertainty now with with the COVID-19. Like we're all talking about in the very short term, will the NBA get off this uh, tournament or these playoffs in the bubble? Will baseball figure itself out? Will the NFL get going? But what happens beyond this? Like, when are the next time fans allowed in the stands? When's the next time travel will be seem to be comfortable? When you can be in a locker room? I think. I mean, again, none of us know, but you know, we similar to what the Ivy League did, we can either sort of accept the reality. Uh, this is not going to be done fixed with anytime soon, or we can just be surprised at the end and continue to you know be naive along the way. And that and that uh, so I don't know what was the rationale behind Stanford's decision. And like you said, it seems like they have the money, but there is also this other reality of like I don't, I, I'd love for it to be wrong, but I don't know when you know we're getting back to anything close to normal with these things. So the guy and i've i've only conversed with him through email and he actually might be an interesting person to talk to at some point if he's interested you know to come on here is i think you've talked to him on email before too i i can't remember but um the guy that runs hoya saxa Uh john regan i want to say so I, I, you know, I was, I was talking, I think to, I think to Nolan, who's been on the podcast a bunch and is a really good George follow. We were talking about the Stanford thing and he, ch- you know, he sort of slid in and, you know, said, Hey, this isn't, ha- has nothing to do with money. You know, so maybe it's one of those things where they were looking for a way to get rid of some of the sports that they did. And this was just a way to do it. So, okay. So they, they, they dropped men's and women's fencing, Field hockey is actually kind of a big one, at least in my in my opinion. Uh, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed, women's sailing, squash, men's volleyball, I would say, is kind of big. Oh, wrestling, I would say, is kind of big. And synchronized swimming. So I would say that field hockey, men's volleyball, and wrestling, in my opinion, are kind of... Those are kind of, those are kind of big ones. If, if, if it had just been the fencing and the rowing and the squash and the sailing, no offense to those athletes. Cause if you can do that at a college level, you're obviously very good at what you're doing. But I think those are things that people might be surprised that, wait, that's a college sport, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
so I'm looking here really quick online, the Associated Press article about this. So first of all, it's not immediate. They're going to play out this coming season. So it is more of a longer-term thing. And while, you know, obviously you could make the case, like you're saying, that, like, um, you know, that they're using what's happening here as a little bit of an excuse to, to, to cut some things. I, I don't know. Like you said, some of these sports, I mean, men's volleyball for a Pac-12 school, it seems like a thing, no? I, I mean, you know, again, it's not it's not the same numbers as uh, Final Four, but I would, wouldn't be stunned if, like, guys on the Olympic team went to Stanford, right? I mean, I, I have no idea. For all I know, Stanford's the worst team in the Big 12, but I would or Pac-12. But, um, yeah, that, that seems like a big deal. But I guess also part of this is, you know, again, to accept a, a certain reality. I have not been following this closely, but, you know, there was – last I heard, there was no NCAA tournament this year, right? And that's right. a huge money loss for all of college sports. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, that is a massive – you know, that one event does so much for so many schools and conferences. And so to not have that, I mean, I think, you know – Again, I haven't really thought about it lately, but like the the impact of that is going to be you know significant across across the country, if not immediately, you know, at some point. According, yeah. according to this AP article, sorry, it says without March Madness, the NCAA was short 375 million scheduled to be distributed to its member schools. I think what we really have on our hands is the possibility. Like, if there's no NCAA tournament again, we might see the NCAA kind of break up and something new replace it, right? Oh, my. I mean, there's been so much in the way. I mean, I, I, you know, there's been so much change happening in this country, and you know, most of it in a very positive way. The, the idea of the NCAA, like all this leading to the NCAA busting, that would be, uh, <laughs> that would just be an, uh, another sort of cherry on top of all this if that if that happens. Um, for, by the way, for what it's worth in this article, it says that Stanford was already projecting a deficit for for the for twenty twenty one. I guess this is for the school. Doesn't say specifically the or maybe it's athletic department, I'm not sure. But that uh, there would be an additional or it would go up to about twenty five million um if the football season was canceled. So um, and then so the schools got a shortfall of seventy million over the next three years. So I, yeah, this is I, this is where you and I not being uh, people you want to cheat off of on the SAT is a problem because I don't understand how you have this endowment and you have this deficit. But okay, um, but either way, it sounds like you know again if Stanford is in some trouble, at least in the short term, you know I can only imagine how it is for other schools. Yeah, well, Stanford, I think, and you know Georgetown as well. Like you know Georgetown has a, has a sailing team, right? Like Georgetown offers. So basically, I want to say like the Ivy League kind of offers the most sports. I feel like of the major conferences, the Pac-12 is kind of there, which where where Stanford comes in. But I want to say schools like Georgetown, Stanford, I think Notre Dame as well, they sort of, they offer some sports that are a little bit uh, non-mainstream to sort of be on that Ivy League level. And it definitely, you know, when Stanford does something like that, it's it's definitely reason to pause and be like, "Whoa, is that going to happen here? Right? Is that is that is that is that going to happen here?" And my guess, if you ask me, and obviously you did not just ask me because I asked myself, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see college basketball and college football 
I think we're going to see schools try to play them in the spring. And by spring, I mean, um, you know, after you basically, you know, for college spring means anytime after Christmas, that's, you know, the spring semester starts in January. So I, I, I don't think we're going to see football or basketball played until then. And we don't know if we're going to see them played at all. Right. But I think that's what's going to be the attempt. And if they don't happen, I think it'll be just like the wild, wild west where like <laughs> everything's going to crumble and what's, what's going to replace it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, my, my, I've my read multiple and, things I don't know. that said, not college football, but like if there's not an NCAA tournament for two years in a row, it's going to be a real serious problem. And it sounds like a couple years ago, the NCAA had a surplus. And it kind of goes back to what uh, Jim Beheim said when he sort of left kicking and screaming to go to the ACC. And, you know, obviously the ACC had a better uh, um, TV deal because they had, they had football. But his point was, if we make, you know, if we get more money from whatever ACC network, whatever, all we're going to do is spend it. So it's not like we're just going to have all this money sitting around, right? Like you bring in more revenue, but then you just find places to like spend it. And then if it's like, you know, if you're, if your revenue stream gets cut off and you have all these, all these big projects, all these, all these big bills to pay, it doesn't matter that you were making more money in the ACC than you were in the big East. Now, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're screwed. Everyone kind of lives like right to their means and if their means go down, you're in some serious trouble. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's um, I don't know, man. There's, uh, I, I, I really at this point, I'm. It's just very hard for me to process anymore. Just everything changes so rapidly again. Not to keep going back to, to, to the team that I, I, I'm covering. A week ago tomorrow or Thursday listening to this on Thursday, is when FedEx, the corporation, dropped the statement saying that um, that, that they were requesting the, the Washington change its name. The amount of things that have happened since just then is, is, pretty, is pretty crazy. And the fact that we even got to the point where that started to happen with the pressure that FedEx felt. I, so anyway, my point is that like change has happened so, at such a rapid pace right now with everything. Yeah. So I I don't even know what to think anymore <laughs> in terms of you know what's going to happen going forward. Um, but, I mean, change change isn't coming. Change is here. It's super, I just don't know where it's ending. So, so you've been you know you've been up to your neck, maybe maybe over your head with you know Redskins changing their name. I got you know somebody tweeted at me. And I think I forwarded it to you. I forget what we said about it. But, and I knew Georgetown's colors, blue and gray, were based off of the uniform colors of the Civil War, right? Blue Union, gray Confederacy. (laughs) Do you think that there's a chance? And like I said, the, the, the person that tweeted at me, I don't know who they were, and it was kind of an aggressive tweet to just sort of at me without knowing them. Do you think if this keeps going on, like that there's a chance that Georgetown becomes the blue and fill in the next color? I mean, I would have said no like a month ago, but right now, I don't know. I suppose that's possible. Uh, I mean, 
you know, uh, it's funny, again, uh, doing a bunch of these radio hits. I, I did an interview today with some guys. Uh, for those of you who, who, if you're really big fans of the Ben and Bobby uh, performances over the years, you'll remember that at one point we were doing like a, a video stream thing. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. We would, yeah, we did that from, uh, we would talk about Georgetown, we would do it from literally uh, upstairs in McDonough often um from that but anyway the point is it was like it was like sort of you know a low a low-end version of wayne's world kind of um <laughs> and so i i did i did a show today with some sort of version of that like you know some nice guys up you know they're trying to do their thing and you know it was more professional than we were doing but they were asking me a lot of questions that i think were above my pay grade in terms of like what a lot of societal questions about what what's happening here and uh you know it's really it's just I think one of the questions is, without getting political, is there is a, you know, th there is so much anger and frustration for all kinds of reasons, and largely because of, you know, COVID-19, we're all stuck, and it has such an impact, often negative, on people's lives. And then, obviously, there's a lot more going on. There's the, the national conversation about race that we, you know, it's obviously been sparked uh, by George Floyd murder in Minnesota, and, you know, which continued, the, the Washington Redskins name is part of this and um you know where's the line like at what point like you know we're taking down statues and we're taking down confederacy totally get that but what about you know now people are mentioning like george washington and it's like it is interesting to figure out like what's the where's the line what do you do even with like to go back to the to the team name okay fine the team name the washington redskins racist you want to get rid of that okay but what about the logo can you leave the logo up some people say yes. Some people say get rid of it all. And yeah. where's it's just to your point of like I don't know. We're in the time in society where I don't know where the line for everything is pretty blurry right now. Maybe that'll be good in the long run. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with most of the changes, but like at some point, it is confusing and curious as to where's the actual line and can we discuss it? Is it just no matter what you say, you know, no. Can it's I just everything's say? Go. Can I just say that? Basically, all we do in my neighborhood is walk around, and it's really hot. And I have an Iverson jersey from the Sixers, and I realized I needed to step up my jersey game. So I've become Johnny eBay over here, and I've been ex I basically like depleted the eBay inventory of extra large Georgetown jerseys. And one of the jerseys I recently got was an Iverson gray one. So when we're talking about the colors and when I got it just last week, I never even like, you know, consider the fact that, you know, is the gray part of Georgetown's, you know, uniforms, is that going to become a thing that nobody wants to be associated with? And I haven't heard anything of this other than someone tweeting at me, but you know, when you look at why it's gray and you look at what's kind of going on, you're like, I, I could see that being a thing. Um, you know, so, um, so let, let me, let, let me say this. So people have asked me, why do I think that this time the, the Washington Redskins name is changing? Like it's been in, it's been you know attacked for several years it, over the last eight to 10 years. It's really been, there's been more of it, but it's been fairly quiet in the, in recent time. And you know, so why now? Yeah. And I think the only reason is money because of, well, money, but the reason even that, I mean, people blame the owner. It is reasonable to do so. He could have just made the change. 
but he wasn't getting pressure from the NFL. The NFL didn't publicly say, don't do this. Uh, FedEx, they made a statement last week. They didn't make one the week before, the year before, the decade before. So, like, the, the pressure there, the reason why there's more pressure now is because of everything that stemmed from what, 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 what followed this country from Minneapolis, but also in part because everybody was home during COVID-19 and watching the video and, again, the, the, the pent-up anger. So, so a lot of this just has to do with my, my point is that because what because other th- it was connected to a much larger movement, that's I think what turns it for sponsors and ultimately for Washington. So the question for Georgetown, what I'm saying is it would depend when does when does this hypothetical thing happen? I, mean, I can't believe we're discussing this, but like but like if it happens tomorrow, anything is possible. If it happens in 18 months, maybe not because that maybe we're in a different climate. But right now the climate is is, that, is anything is possible. Um, and I, 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 have no, I, I have no idea what to think anymore in terms of what's, what's, what's not possible. I'll, I'll just say that I, I think their colors will remain. I think that, you know, if like the gray they were wearing was like, you know, I don't know, Colonel Lee gray or so, you know what I mean? Like if it had like some very specific like color name, right. And I'm just making that up. I don't think that there's a Colonel Lee name, you know, you know what I mean, or General Lee, or whatever the hell he was. Um, but I, I, th- I think if they were like the not 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 just the blue and gray, but like the you know, the Union blue and the Confederate gray, like that was like the official color name. I could see that being a problem. But I think the the idea that you know their nickname is nothing related to you know anything like that. You know, it's you know I, I think that just the colors. I think it's okay. I ignored the tweet, but I thought it might be interesting to talk about for a second. Um, did you oh, want to talk the way, about? I, I, was, I, I don't think anything's changed either. I was just sort of going along with your. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I think it's just it's just sort of interesting. I know that you've been so entrenched in the Redskins stuff. Um, I don't think anyone cares about my Redskins opinion. Um, I, I guess I'll I'll just say it real quick. For me as someone that, um, and if you've seen my truck in the last 20 years, I've had like a, I've had a trade Snyder sticker on it. So kind of tells you where I am. I'm someone that was at some point a season ticket holder. Um, that was more than 10 years ago. Um, for me, I think I would like to see them keep the colors. I think that would be a big deal, but you know, I know everyone has like their own little sort of, what matters to them. Um, I think if they name themselves something R, it'd be even better because you can have the colors and you can literally have like that burgundy R hat, you know what I mean? Or the burgundy gold hat and you could have the R on a helmet, you know, which I think at one point the Redskins did. So I think that would probably be their best um, stab at rebranding, but I'm not a, I'm not a rebrander. Uh, you're a rebounder, but not a rebrander. I used to be a rebounder. Now more of just a three-point chucker. Uh, so if you've made it this far, I suppose we could talk about like literal Georgetown news currently. Uh, last time we spoke, this hadn't happened yet, but I know we talked about it the other day. One of, one of Georgetown's best recruits decided that because of the pandemic and the uncertainty in the world that he was going to prep instead of coming to Georgetown, Tyler Beard, a point guard, him and uh, 
uh, Jamari Sibley are kind of like the best two recruits of the, they've got, well, if Tyler's not part of it, they have seven new players, five freshmen, two grad transfers. I think Tyler Beard was definitely something or definitely somebody that, you know, fans were really looking forward to is if you look at this next season, probably as a season, that's not going to be great. Then you could at least, you know, kind of, break in some really good freshmen and going forward all that kind of stuff do you i don't want to i don't want to spoil your or i don't, I don't want to influence your um prediction here but what's your guess on a player that was going to come to georgetown and for whatever reason is not he said he was still going to come the following year what would be your percent that he shows up I'll tell you mine. I, I can go first if you want, or I, I can go second. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's like 10%. And, and, and maybe that's too high, and I'm just uh, trying <laughs> to be as optimistic as possible for this. But, right. uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not the exact equivalent of dating, but you basically agreed to go to prom with somebody and then said, you know what, I'm good. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll reconsider it next year. I mean, that's, you know, that's not how that works. I mean, look, unless there's something, I don't, you know, unless there's like some specific, like other, you know, family things that, you know, the school is aware of or who knows. Other than that, no, I, it doesn't seem like a likely uh, reconnection. Yeah. I think he said all the right things in his post. I think it was an Instagram post or something. I don't know this to be true. If it, if it's, if it's grades related and he's going to a prep school because of grades, because, you know, he feels like he's not ready for college and he needs to, you know, get his academic level. Because, you know, obviously, you know, Georgetown's not Ohio State. Like, you can't come in and take, like, you know, an entire semester of PE. You know, like, they're, you're, you're going to have to do some work. And so if he's not polished enough and he's not ready for the academic load, I would say, okay, that's probably that's a more likely scenario. He shows up and, bees, and ends up a Hoya. If he's sort of just like, you know, stepping back, taking, you know, he's sort of looking at the scenery between COVID and just sort of, you know, he's going to prep a year and maybe there's some schools that are in a better position than Georgetown that might start offering him. Then I think that's like basically like a no chance he comes back. Right. Like, right. And, and you mentioned COVID. I mean, obviously, I'm just viewing it like from a sort of standard thing. The COVID situation makes, you know, I mean, who, you know, it's impossible to know how anything is going to play out. I, by the way, like, you know, we talk about, I'm sure everybody's had these conversations, you know, everybody kind of, you know, woe is me about their own plight, but then you start thinking about like other people specifically, like, you know, anybody who's currently in college right now or about to go, wow, do I feel bad for you, right? I mean, yeah. college is such a great time. Um, you know, it's a, you're, you know, all, all the all the reasons that first chance for a lot of people to get away from get away from home, sort of start your own journey, and all you know, not to mention the fun that you can have in college, and you know, if you're playing sports, it's super great. And to not have that, I mean, even if they play college basketball this year somehow, I mean, it's not the same experience. Presumably, no fans. You know, most a lot of places don't have anybody on campus, so yeah, I just feel so bad for all these kids. Um, you know, maybe there's something to be said for delaying it a year just to see what the world looks like in in 12 months and hope for the best. Yeah, so my son's three. If my son just graduated high school, which would have been kind of 
you know, not perfect because they didn't actually get to graduate and all that kind of stuff. Not that the actual ceremony is so cool, but sort of the things that go around it, right? Like parties, you know, beach week, if that's even a thing still, um, you know, whatever, like just all that stuff never happens. So that's, that's kind of, you know, not per like that's not best case scenario, but and I'm not even talking about being an athlete. Like if he was, if he was like me and he was just going to a school, well, actually, whatever. Um, if he was just, you know, going to be a freshman at J or at George Mason, JMU, I would probably be like, you might want to consider maybe having like a gap year, right? You might want to consider, you know, maybe taking some classes at like the community college online, but like not being a full fledged freshman because this year is going to suck, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and this actually reminds me when we talked about McClung transferring and the idea of, you know, is he going? Is he going to a place? You know, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, is he going to turn pro or is he going to actually go to a college and sit out of here possibly? You know, now we're in a situation where who knows, right? Sitting out a year may not even be a real thing because everybody's maybe essentially sitting out a year. You know, I mean, uh, so yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. To your point, I mean, taking a gap year where like you know delaying your college experience for a year, this is not the worst time to do it um, for sure. Well, since we just talked about McClung, I should probably title this podcast "What's McClung Gonna Do?" Because unfortunately. If McClung's name is in the title, <laughs> it does really well. Like initially, you know, all all of the podcasts basically get to a certain point over time. But I've noticed when McClung's name is in the title, they get to a certain point quicker. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. We could call the podcast, you know, like the three M's minutia. McClung and something else. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Minutia, Mayhem, and McClung. <laughs> I'm telling you, that would be a. I mean, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't know what the hell I'm going to call this podcast. But I just um, told you, you got to say, wait, by the way, did, I, I don't know. You, maybe you talked about this before. I'm correct, right? Didn't I see Georgetown? One game I've seen they actually have on the schedule is against my boys. Yeah, they do. Yeah. What went so since since I had since I didn't mentally contemplate that this would be the time for Kenner League. When was the, the schedule would be coming out like drips and drabs, but like for real, like in when like August or or this or later or later July. I think last year they actually had the schedule out earlier than ever, which was you know obviously cool. Usually Georgetown schedule. It just sort of like every other school keeps releasing it. And then eventually you're like, oh, that's their schedule. And then at some point, Georgetown will, you know, put out some graphics and stuff. And you'll actually have the official one from them. But usually you know it because of what the other schools have done. Um, and, you know, obviously Georgetown has the constraint of they share a building with the Caps and the Wizards and concerts and monster trucks and Disney on Ice and all other crap. So I get that it's harder than a school that just sort of plays in a college facility. Um, speaking of that, if there is a season, I can only imagine it's going to be at McDonough. Well, I would certainly imagine 
a, a game or four there. I mean, just because obviously the NBA, the NHL, or you know, forget all the extracurricular stuff, you know, their seasons are probably not starting until sometime around December. And so even if so if college basketball gets pushed back until into the, the spring semester, then, um, you know, they're going to be all kinds of conflicts. So certainly I, I would imagine that could, that, that could happen, but you know, who, I mean, you know, again, who knows like what I was going to, well, part of what I was going to ask you is, or just not ask, because we have no idea, but again, sort of the theme of this podcast on some level is you can accept reality or be surprised later. Uh, you know, uh, when they like UMBC is obviously a reasonable game. That's a drive. Like if, if, if in the world we're accepting the fact that COVID is, is a thing and like it's going to be hard to get around, we could you could drive up 95, I guess, right? I mean, you're still on a bus, but I guess you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, whatever it may be. Um. But like th- that's the kind of thing. Like uh, you know, seeing if, if if the schedule starts coming out and you see game, you know, at Oklahoma State or more or maybe even more like, uh, you know, University of Missouri at Kansas City at Georgetown. Like, how realistic is is that? That, that that's the part where I'm I'm wondering is, are the schools at some point saying, look, if even if we have it, if we can work this out to have it, we, we got to be realistic about these things. So you know, everybody in town's gonna have to play each other on so you know, like that type of thing. Um, you know, I'm not talking about a tournament. I'm just saying. You know, AU plays four of these schools, and Georgetown plays a bunch of these schools. And maybe it isn't just the DC ones, but things are drivable. You know, Delaware as opposed to uh, no. You know. I think that totally makes sense, and I don't want to speak uh, ill of the of the deceased, but what wasn't there like a reporter at the first game that I want to say he asked? Was it Mark Plotkin? I, I think he might have passed by, right? Um, I think that's correct. Yes, I, I know. Like you know, I forget where I forget who he was affiliated with, or was it WTOP, or I don't know if it was something else. But you know, like I think it was the first question at the at the Patrick Ewing press conference was, "Are you going to play GW?" And I know from all of my work at George Mason that George Mason would love to play Georgetown, and it's hard to imagine if a season does happen. Like those are the kind of games that they would probably have to play. It just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't. I, it's easy to say this. I have no idea what the um, what the reality is. You know, what's conceivable? What, you know, contracts are signed, and you know, if, is everybody agreeing to this? You can't just simply say Georgetown is bailing on this game, but what about the other team? And you know, um, you know, all this. So, so everybody's kind of has to be all the team. Just, and look, obviously, it would be, you know, a, a, you know, the, the teams around here have a lot of options. I mean, there's you know six. What is it like? six or seven D one teams just around the beltway more or less. Yeah. Um, so that's not even counting the Baltimore schools or it's not counting Virginia, uh, and some of the yeah. You know, so but but there's other parts of the country, you know, Nebraska's gonna have some options, gonna have more difficulties. So, you know, I don't know how to solve all these problems for everybody. it's not gonna be easy. But even if I you was keep told, it reason, I was told that you did. Well, in my house I do, for sure. Um so, yeah, but it just seems like, you know, uh, something like that, at least geographically, you know, even if it's, look, we're going to try to keep the Big E schedule in place. Like, I, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, but you know what? Like that, I, I talked to Rich about that. And if you wanted to tell me that the Big East was going to play, like, just conference games, well, that, that might have made sense. Okay, guess what? Creighton's in Omaha. <laughs> like, 
It's not exactly a bus trip. No, I mean, if if this was a different sport, we would talk about bubbles and things like that and say, hey, Creighton, here's the deal. You're going to spend, you know, we're we're, going to have a condensed season. You're going to spend the next two months here. But obviously, they're college kids. They're not pros, right? So, you know, you can't even play that, hey, you're just going to have to abandon home court. Um, But, yeah, I I don't, I don't, I don't, yes, I don't know how any of that, uh, how any of that works. I mean, by the way, I mean, not just even, um, them, I mean, DePaul's in Chicago. I mean, yeah, Marquette's in Milwaukee. I mean, there's a lot of problems there. I mean, basically, I know, you know, for soccer that they talked about having like, you know, one, like, you know, two, two conferences of, you know, within the Big East of, of what they were going to do, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so it is a good year that, you know, UConn came back because you add another team to sort of, you know, I don't think anybody wants to take a bus to Connecticut, but you can, you know? Uh, but yeah, there's just so many schools here, you know, for instance, you know, Georgetown's supposed to play in this like awesome event out in California. I mean, I give that like a 1% chance of happening, right? It's the kind of event that you and I have been complaining that they don't play and then well, here we are, that's going to happen. And then, yeah, but get, but, but guess what? One of the teams in that event plays their games in Charlottesville, you could still play them, right? Like, you know, Kansas and UCLA are the other schools, but like, you know, if that event doesn't happen, I think it's the Wooden Classic, well, Georgetown should absolutely still play UVA, whether it's here, whether it's in Charlottesville, you know, there's a lot of schools. I mean, I remember in JT3's second year, they played at Navy, they played at my boys. They were in Harrisonburg, you know. They, you know, so like those trips aren't that far. All right, how about how about this? You ready? I just, I just solved this problem. Ready for this? Perfect. Okay, here we here here we go. So let's just imagine a world similar. We talked about the Ivy League, where you're just playing conference games. Okay, so if you look at the the, the Big East ge- geographically. There's essentially six schools on the East Coast. You have Georgetown, St. John's, Providence, Seton Hall, Villanova, and now Connecticut. Then you have the other five are in the, mid- in the Midwest, Creighton, Butler, Marquette, Xavier, DePaul. So it's a, a little bit easier for the East Coast versus the, the Midwest, but basically you do, this is what you do. However many games it's going to be total, 10, 12, whatever it is, you, you break up the big essentially into two divisions. The East Coast is one division. The Midwest is the other division. And you just play – conceivably, you play everybody twice. I guess in, in the other one, you'd have to, you know, play somebody three times, a couple teams. But you play everybody twice. You have a thing. And then, uh, you know, eat, you know, whatever – however you determine it. You know, either you have seedings and everybody shows up at Madison Square Garden and you have a tournament, or, you know, you, pit, you take the top, you know, two teams, four teams, and they go to Madison Square Garden. And play the uh, and play it out. That's not the worst idea I've heard today. I mean, like, I mean, uh, that still would mean for Georgetown, I driving or I don't know, flying to Providence, right? That's not easy, but or but you know, it is what it is. I mean, Do you want to hear about the time I drove to Providence, Ben? Oh, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> um, 
By the way, did you see the Brooklyn Nets today signed Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley? <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought somebody was going to sign Greg Winnington. There was a lot of like smoke around that. Like right when the COVID happened, it was sort of like that, you know, Greg was on that cusp of guys that might get picked up. I mean, I wasn't hearing that. I wasn't, uh, I was not, um, I don't, I'm not a GM of a team. Otherwise he wouldn't have picked up by now. I, I have probably over the years in various like players, the Wizards just consider articles. I probably mentioned them like four times. And I don't even know if he ever got close, but. Seems like a no brainer. Bring him in, see what he can do. He's, you know, he kind of, he checks all the boxes. I'm not saying, you know, obviously there's, there's some questions about, I don't even know what the way I want to describe it is, but I think everyone understands there are, there are some questions, but basketball wise, it seems like what's the worst that could happen. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, (laughs) I mean, the Greg, we discussed the Greg Whittingham so many times. I mean, he, you know, he had all the town. I mean, from a pure upside standpoint, he had more than Otto Porter when they played together. But yeah. obviously, one guy, you know, was just, uh, no nonsense, focused on what he had to do, and then the other kid was Greg Williams. Um, You know, I mean, stuff happens. And, but we'll see. I mean, look, he's still a relatively young man for basketball. He's 27. I think about that, and um, yeah. I'm looking up really quick. I mean, it looks like he had a pretty good year playing over in Israel and Turkey, so that'd be great. But I mean, you know, also right now it's such a bizarre circumstance with regards to these. Uh, and a lot of times when teams are signing players now, you can't keep them next year, and you know who knows even what you have. So you know, like so many things are being put on hold. I guess Greg Wing, signing Greg Winning could be one of them. Yeah, I think it was. It just would have been cool, particularly for this this small section of the season, just to sort of have him down in the bubble, and then we could have had the big argument about you know if you play a couple games, why did well he never played anywhere else that, that he act, so when we had Chris Wright on, you know, we talked about the idea that like why isn't his jersey up? You know, he played three games for the Mavericks for Greg Winnington. Would he be a Jersey guy? Because he never transferred. I know that there, I'll never forget. I think, I don't know if it was during the scrum or if it was like just after the scrum, you know, and you, you, you became, you know, friendly with JT three. And I think, I think it was during the scrum and you said, Hey, you know, do you have any comments? Greg Winnington's going to Rutgers. (laughs) I remember JT three said, Oh yeah. Did you, uh, is that official? Did you see like, you know, I forget what he said, but he said something like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I somewhat remember remember that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah, really? Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Um, well, I mean, I don't I, know, is Jarrell Benneman up there? No, because he he went to Towson. Like, you know, Anthony Jones, who went to Georgetown. Anthony Jones is the most um, accomplished transfer from Georgetown in terms of NBA length of his career. 
Um, but you know, he's a UNLV guy. Like he actually went to UNLV. Like that's where he finished career. He's a UNLV guy. But By the like, way, the, the, the Washington Bullets ended up drafting Anthony Jones in the first round. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I saw this guy play at Georgetown. No offense. No, not going to work. And it didn't work. But he played four years in the league. Yeah, but I mean, you're a first-round pick. Anyway, the point is, is that Winnington never played college anywhere else, just like JT3 knew. It's almost like JT3 had maybe seen his transcript or something, right? Um, Knowing that he was probably not going to play at Rutgers. But I think that Winnington would be a really, he'd be a super unique position of, you know, he should, he should be up there in the, in the case that he ends up playing. But I think that's a huge, it's a huge hypothetical. That is a fun hypothetical. That's a better what if than some other things I've uh, I've heard. Um, <laughs> so I, I like uh, I like I like that. Um, wait, by the way, I I forgot this. I think I just, I just looked this up really quick. The 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 bullets draft. Okay, hold on. The bullets. They, they also drafted like 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 John Turner, right? Or oh, wait, Anthony Tucker? They drafted Anthony Jones with their second first-round pick in the 1986 draft. Here's an article from UPI, December 23rd, 1986. The Washington Bullets today, uh, the Washington Bullets Tuesday, waived guard Anthony Jones. This is three months after they drafted him in the first round. They waived him. It says the quote is, was not getting the minutes he needed to develop. It's three. What? Could you imagine that today? Three months, and not and not because the guy got in trouble or something, because he wasn't getting the minutes. What? Well, at least that they that they put out there. He got picked up. Uh, he got picked up later that year by uh, the Spurs. Yeah, he played four years. I did a bunch of research on uh, players. Because, you know, the whole McClung thing. Oh, McClung. Ding, 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 ding. The whole McClung thing of he's leaving because he wants to go to the NBA. And not many players have left Georgetown and been in the NBA. So that's what I did. Yeah, so yeah, so Anthony Jones played... He played, he played 164 games over, um, yeah. you know, p- parts of... Uh, Three seasons, looks like. Which is the most NBA games by a transfer? Um, all right, well that's but okay. But I'm just saying, so it's a it's a that's a high bar for what you're saying. It's a very low bar for being a first round pick. This is my all thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's an interesting um, interesting nugget there. Well, doesn't that sort of explain why the Wizards sort of or the Bullets in that period weren't that good when you were drafting? Well, I'm gonna have to explore this. I don't. I I, I remember the, the the getting cut part, but I that's a, but I can't comprehend how that happened. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into this. Who else? Who who was their first first round pick that year? Ooh, John Hot Plate Williams. Hot Plate. Who I who like? If you said to me, who is like the one player that you were convinced was gonna be a thing that it didn't work out? I might pick him. He was so good at LSU. 
and he had like I'm not saying he was Magic Johnson, but he had that type of thing, like a power forward body, but a point guard game kind of. He and that first one, he was so good, he was like a total mismatch nightmare because he was uh, he, he could guard a center, but you know play outside and and, and you know run an offense kind of. But then he just you know injuries, and then he just you know couldn't stay in shape, uh, completely derailed it. But um, so, do you have that draft up right now? Can I just well, sort this, of like what's that? This is, the, this is the horrible draft. This is the Len Bias draft. But go ahead. No, okay. So right after Anthony Jones was picked by the Bullets, mm-hmm. Scott Skiles was the next pick. Um, two oh picks. Oh my god! Left. Yeah. Oh my god, Leah! Look at the picks after this. Oh, right. So. Terrible. After him, so then Sabonis gets picked. He didn't come over for a while, but when he did, he was actually really good. So then Mark Price, Greg Dryling, Dennis Rodman, Larry Kostovic, Johnny Newman, Nate McMillan, um, Kevin Duckworth, who eventually became a bullet, but he was much better with, uh, the, you know, with uh, Portland. Um, <laughs> da- David Wingate, uh, Jeff Hornacek. There's Michael Jackson got, uh, be, being picked. Um, Kenny Gaddison got picked in the third round. Uh, Drazen Petrovic. Yeah, the Wizards didn't exactly, or the Bullets didn't exactly cover themselves in glory with that pick. Oh, my Lord. I'm going to, I may, I mean, I may have to write about this now. This is a disaster looking at this. <laughs> at least I'm glad, at least I'm glad I was saying. I was I was on I was on the side of saying it was not good because uh, it's even worse when you look at when you look at who they could have taken. My Lord. Michael Graham was picked, and they list Georgetown as the college. He was picked in the fourth round that year. Hmm, not UDC. Yeah, I thought he went to UDC. He did, as far as I recall. Pete Myers was picked in the sixth round. Yeah, the bullets. Not a not a great draft for them. <laughs> no, the, the, the John Williams one, I give them a total pass. It just, you know, life. It was the right move. It was their it was their opportunity to get a, to get an all star in the middle of the draft, a, a real impact. And no, but like when when you look but, at like when you look at like the next ten picks after they picked Anthony Jones, you got Skiles, Sabonis, Price, Rodman. McMillan. I mean, there's some real good players there. Oh yeah, no, that's a it's a disaster. Uh, without with that question, um, should we just start having podcasts where we just sort of like, you know, just like grade NBA drafts from like 25 years ago? Uh, look, man, you know, if things continue to go the way they're going, we're gonna have to be uh, u- uber creative with all kinds of things. I mean, um. What, wait till wait till Ben and Bobby start recapping each episode of The Office without without having to watch it because they've watched it so many times they know each episode by heart. That, that, you know what? Real fun. You know what I saw recently? Well, until it goes to Peacock, and then I'm not even going to freaking watch it. Whatever the hell Peacock is. Did you know? I I saw someone tweet this this week. Season three, Jim was wearing a wig. Because I guess maybe he was doing some other acting gig, he had to shave his head or something. Did you know that? I saw that recently. I mean, it's funny because I I, I don't always like pay attention to what season I'm watching, but there is a point where his hair definitely looks different. I I just was thought like it's it, it's like very moppy. 
and I'm assuming that's when it what that's what we're talking about here. I mean, I didn't. I, I like I said, I'm not sure, but there's definitely a scene I always remember where his hair looks extra moppy, and I but I just figured it was like you know he was going for some style or something. I had no idea it was a wig. I actually also don't like. I'm pretty sure when I was watching The Office, uh, I start, like I, I don't know when I started watching it live, but it may not have been the first two or three seasons. I did eventually watch it a lot in real time, but I don't know who was right off. It might have been year, might have been season two, but I'm not sure. I started season one. I think it was. Wait, what? What episode is? What year is the Halloween episode? Is that is that season one? Um, I think it's season one or season two. I think it might be season one. But by the way, somebody has got to tell us if you're still listening. I, I really, I make it at this point. I think Bob and I are just having a conversation like we would normally. So if you're still listening, like tweet at us and say, and, and just say, you know, you know, tell us your favorite office character or something. Um, Halloween is the fifth episode of the second season, so that that's when I started watching it. Got it. I was like, what got in it. the hell is this? This show is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I knew Steve Carell at that point from the Daily Show, but uh, beyond that, uh, you know, I didn't have much much thoughts about that show. But then you know, once uh, somebody started telling me, you know, well, um, I can I can tweet out if people listen this deep in, and I feel like recently you cleaned up your house, so there might be like some sort of Sports Illustrated prize we could we could uh, give them. Oh, there's definitely a lot of. Sports Illustrated, old, old old school ones floating around my house for sure. Um, sure, you can you can come up with the uh, with the scenario. I, I'm not I, for the record. If I have any with Georgetown on the cover, you're not getting them. <laughs> I'm just if you, you know if it turns into a what do you want kind of question. I think I have, oh, I think I think for me I think I have all the Georgetown SI covers on my wall in the basement. So I think I'm good. Um, all right, man. Well, look, we should probably close up here. Let me just ask you this, and then, and then remember, like, what's the next thing? I mean, obviously, in this in this situation we're in, everything is shut down for the most part. I mean, I'm not talking about pro sports, but for, for for college basketball, but for Georgetown specifically, like, what's the thing? We can't really, like you said, would be happening now. Is not happening. We don't quite know when the schedule is coming out. Like, what's the thing to look forward to? I guess is my point. Is there anything? At, the, at this point, I'm not even saying that negatively. I'm just saying this is the way it is for everybody. Is there, what's the next thing to actually look forward to? Just some scheduled date? I think you're going to, I mean, I don't know. Every time I see somebody tweet about the schedule, like for other schools, you know, based on people I follow on Twitter, I always roll my eyes like, yeah, right, that game's going to happen. You know what I mean? So I think the most positive news that could come out is that, and I don't know when this would happen. Usually, you know Georgetown's schedule by Labor Day, and I, I think you like weren't you actually on the conference call with with Val Ackerman? Yes. And didn't she say she, that there wasn't there some sort of date for that for like for for her right? As best as I remember, I feel like she was saying September, like basically like Labor Day kind of, like was it felt like a yeah. cutoff. Yeah, so I think that's it. I think you have to sort of just sort of, you know, we just had July 4th, so Labor Day is not exactly within, you know, touching distance. 
but I think I think by Labor Day you're going to have an idea of is college basketball going to happen uh, in 2020, right? And I think I I don't think I don't think it is, but I think that that would be what you should be looking for. And I think, but I think not. I think not having it in 2020 doesn't necessarily mean there isn't you know games in the 2021 spring semester. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be, <laughs> excuse me, it's going to be wild. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, well, maybe that can be your next podcast. What are the next, what are the next 10 things to look forward to? No, I think the next podcast is going to be like, you know, going over Georgetown's rosters and saying like which office character they would have been. Oh boy, that 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 uh, boy. I'm trying to think who. Do you, boy, do you, do you have any better good. ideas? No, no, I, I, no. It's definitely as good as any idea, or not better than any idea I would have. Um, all right. Well, I look forward to seeing who you think is Creed. Um, so <laughs> I think I think an early candidate for Creed. Might be Nikita Misharikov. Um, all right. I'm just I'm I'm just picturing who would hit the side of a backboard on like a potential game winning three pointer, and Creed is my first is my first guess. Got it. All right. Well, I I I, I make, makes as much sense as anything else off the top of my head. Okay, well that 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 can be the next one, and maybe you know Andrew can can join us. I know he's super cool and can never join podcasts anymore, but maybe uh, maybe we get Andrew and he can tell us how how silly that idea is. But but whatever. But yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Kente Corner. You can find us everywhere. You can find Ben. It's just his name what? at what's that. I said, what a way to kick off season two. Congrats. That was the most rambling podcast ever. So congrats on that. I think it was pretty good. We didn't we didn't really focus on like a lot of negative stuff, right? There was a little bit Oh, negative. definitely not negative. It's just all over the place. That's all right. That's what yeah, that's no. what that, that's what this that's what these times call for. It is true. He's at Ben Standing. I'm at Bobby Bancroft. We'll see you next time. <laughs>